Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Who was here on Wednesday? Anybody? Wednesday was wild, man. It was wild. We're talking like Mark chapter 16. These signs will follow. Can I tell you, church, here's the deal with the gospel. Gospel's very clear. When Jesus spent three years with the disciples, he taught them all the principles. He taught them all the prayers. He taught them all the parables. They had it figured out. They had the head knowledge. But he said, I do not want you to go out. I want you to wait. They're like, what are we waiting for? Jesus, you got up off the cross. We know the stuff. We're ready. No, you need to wait until you receive power. Acts says that the gospel is not, or sorry, Corinthians says the gospel is not a matter of words, but of power. Come on, that's, that, that should get you, your heart should be, woo, let's go, okay? The gospel is not a matter of words, but of power. And some of you might be saying, well, hey, I, I believe the gospel, but I, I don't really know if I'm seeing the power. Can I tell you where the power comes? Whenever Jesus did a miracle, when he healed somebody, when he delivered a demon, when somebody invited, um, Zacchaeus invited him to his house, He said, truly I tell you, the kingdom has come. See, power comes when you're in alignment with his kingdom. There's two kingdoms at war at any given time right now on earth. There's the kingdom of the spirit of this world and the devil. There's darkness. And then there's the kingdom of God. There's light. There's power. And they are at war. But let me tell you something. This is an unfair war because this power, the kingdom of of light, God's kingdom, is far superior and more powerful than the kingdom of darkness. Far superior. Have you ever noticed that when you go into a dark room, the darkness is an absence of light. You can't turn on a light and then be like, let's move in some more darkness to try to snuff that out. No, no, no. It's just a matter of absence of light. When the light comes in, the darkness flees, the Bible says. And I want to help, I want to get our, as a church, we have a responsibility to be ambassadors of this kingdom. And I want to level us all up to take it to the next level. You want to go to the next level, anyone? Come on, let's go. Let's go to the next level. So the title of my message is The Praise War. The Praise War. Now, let me just real quick hit on this, okay? The bat, one of the biggest battles we face in our region, so the Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, demons, demonic forces, okay? There's a spirit realm that we battle against. And there's, there's different spirits. But one of the biggest things we face here in our valley, because the Bible's very clear that there's, there's kind of, there's, there's obviously people can be influenced, people can come under demonic agendas, people can even be, you know, greatly influenced by demons. That's, that's true, but there's also just regional demonic territory that they try to hold their ground. And one spirit we're going to come up against here in uh, Salt Lake City is the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion. Well, what's that? Where's that in the Bible? Actually, it's pretty much the only people Jesus got mad at when he came to earth. 
the Pharisees, the Sadducees. Okay, you could have been a prostitute and a drug addict, come up to Jesus high and drunk and just got off a bender and he'd be like, come here, let's have dinner. I wanna talk to you, I like you. You are, let's talk, man. Let me share my love with you. But if you had a religious spirit, if you were a Pharisee who followed the rules, looked pretty on the outside, but the heart was corrupt. And what I mean by corrupt is they use that religious garments and all this to boast and look how holy I am and try to put themselves above everybody and judge people and, and not bring the mercy and the truth. And look how Jesus greeted them. So they came up. He's like, yo, you're a whitewashed tomb. You're just like your father, Satan. Peace. Like he had no grace for this. He had no grace for this. And I want you to understand that what religion does is it tries to bring in shame and guilt to control and manipulate. Okay, Jesus came to give life and life abundantly, but the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And listen, you, you, you can see it all over the place. Like, if the devil can't keep you from knowing Jesus, the next thing he'll bring in as quick as he can is good old religious spirit. See, religious spirit is okay with you talking about God, but how they make God look big is they try to keep you really small. You're a worm. You're lucky God even took the time to write the Bible. You're, you know, this is you down here. Don't expect God to love you, even though the Bible says he's a loving father. Don't expect God to take care of you and be your provider. No, you're, how dare you even expect that? And it, it, it sucks the life out of things. It sucks the life out of things. And it'll get you focused on things. If you go into a religious atmosphere, here's one thing with religion you'll find, is they're okay with showing you baby Jesus and they're okay with anorexic dead Jesus, but they're not okay with risen Jesus. They're not okay with the Jesus that three days later poof, kicked open the grave. Little, sorry, it's a splash section, the first row here. <laughs> kicked open the grave and said, I have come and I took the keys from the devil and now I give you your authority back. They don't like that Jesus. They don't like the Jesus that gives you the authority over demons and gives you authority over the darkness and gives you light and brings joy and peace and love and freedom. They don't like that Jesus. If they have to, they'll just be like, well, look at the baby. What can a baby do for you? Wow. Look at the, I mean, every stained glass window, it's like, was he anorexic? Like, he was a carpenter, man. He was, looked like a construction worker, it's, yeah. you know? <laughs> but the religious spirit, it comes, it comes in, okay? Another way it likes to come in is to keep you focused on the darkness. Oh, you know, we're in Revelations. Tomorrow's the end of time. Here you go. Get ready. Armageddon. Here it comes. Listen, the Revelation's there. It's fine. It's fine to know that there's a day that when the darkness, Jesus is going to rip open the sky and say, I'm coming, baby, and I'm grabbing my people, and I'm restoring this place. But listen what 2 Thessalonians 2.2 says. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Interesting. He's talking about end times. Don't get focused there. Don't camp there. I just want to help you because as Christians, yes, there is a war going on. And if you watch too much CNN, you get too sucked into the darkness. All of a sudden, you feel like the only hope is as that. But listen, as long as we are here on earth, it's Jesus' choice, the Bible says, when he's gonna come back, but we have a mission. Let's go to my next verse, guys, in uh, Colossians, I believe. No, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2.15, here we go. This is, Till the day Jesus comes home, church, 
We have one mission and we're not allowed to veer from the mission. We're not allowed to take our eyes off the mission. That does that mean we ignore the darkness? No, we actually speak light into the darkness. We actually say, my kingdom is superior until the day Jesus comes, I'll be an ambassador. And if he's coming in victorious on a white horse, then I'm gonna come into every situation victorious and expect that the same power that rose him from the dead is alive in me, because that's what the Bible says. So it says this, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. This is our job. This is our mission. I don't, it's not the pastor's mission. It is the ecclesia, the church. Our mission right here is the reconciling of people to him. For God has in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave this wonderful message of reconciliation. Another version says, the ministry of reconciliation. So we are Christ. Very good, you guys can read, awesome. So you are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead to people, come back to God. Listen, when you're an ambassador, you can be plopped down in any country, but the territory you occupy and the office you occupy, you represent the kingdom you came from. So until Jesus comes back, we're not preaching doomsday. We're preaching the message of reconciliation. The message that Jesus is for you, that he can break any sin, that he can break any addiction, that he can break any demonic influence in the world. His power is good. And you know what? Who knows? He can come back tomorrow. He might come back in 2,000 years. And we have to keep bringing the message of reconciliation because he can bring an awakening to America, an awakening to the world. We don't get to pick. We just go on the mission. And I know that my, my kingdom is superior. I can walk in any room in any matter of darkness. More darkness can't eliminate the light. It's the absence. So we have a superior kingdom. Amen? Amen. Religion will try to rob that from you. Where's he going with this? Glad you ask. Because I want to break the religious spirit right off of this place. What I want is that when people come into this house... And I hope other churches also awaken like this. I want them to walk in and they walk in, but the religious spirit shrieks, yeah, not going in there. I hate this place. I hate this place. I can't stand this place. There's too much life. There's too much freedom. There's too much joy. These are all the things the religious spirit hates. And so I want to teach you guys our weapon of how we smash the religious spirit. Smash the religious spirit. By the way, if you have a religious spirit, this message might really tick you off. I'm just giving you a fair warning. We love you. Pray with one of our ministry team. I'm going to use a lot of Bible. Okay? I'm going to use the Bible. So, first thing, Hebrews 13, 15. Hebrews 13, 15. This message is about praise because praise is what breaks the stronghold of the religious spirit. It says this, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming, look at that word, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. So first thing I want you to understand is that when you come into the corporate worship setting, you are actually given an opportunity to give a offering, a sacrifice to the Lord, okay? That, that, that is what praise is. Man, that's good preaching. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Uh, <laughs> 
It really is. We live in a new covenant. The old covenant, you had to bring, you know, your best livestock. You had to bring in a sheep or a goat. I'm so thankful I don't have to pastor in that time because this white coat would not have worked well with <laughs> slaughter a bunch of sheep. But no, now we bring an offering and a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. So that begins to question, well, how, how, what kind of offering are you bringing? Do you let your flesh tell you how you're going to praise when you show up to church? Because the, the Bible says that we're in a war against our flesh, that we are born again in Christ, and we have a new, a new nature, a new spirit, a new life within us, but we still have our flesh, and so we wrestle internally with our flesh. Let me give you an example. You know, you, you, you come into church and you just got to fight with your spouse on the way to church. Happens to a lot of people. It's never happened to me and my wife. Never. <laughs> you walk in, you're, you know, it says the joy of the Lord, your strength. But you're like, I'm just angry at this person standing next to me. And everyone's like, hi. And you're like, mm-hmm, hi. <laughs> you know, but you have a choice in that moment. Are you going to give God, hmm, they're mean to me, God. I know you're the king of kings and it says that you inhabit the praise of your people. So I know you're here, but I'm just gonna focus on the fact that it didn't go great this morning or focus on the fact that my kids, you know, one of them went psycho on the way to, you know, trying to get ready for church or focus on the fact that, you know, I'm still hung over from, from Saturday or whatever. Focus on these things. I'm just saying, some of you, it's all right. Jesus loves you, but he sees you. Anyways, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. But, but it's, it's right there. It's saying, what, what kind of, what are you going to give him? So I want to go to actually Malachi to talk about this because the, the spirit behind our offering, even though we're not bringing an animal, can still be the same. So Malachi 1, 7 and 8 says this. You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. What? Then you ask, huh? How have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals a sacrifice, isn't that wrong? It isn't wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased. Try giving a gift like that to your governor. See how pleased he is, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So God's talking about the, 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 the place of your heart. In this situation, the offerings were animals, but they were saying, eh, which one of these? Oh, that one, yeah, pretty sick, probably gonna die. Might not even make it, but let's go ahead and give this one to the Lord because I actually would like to keep the strong, I'd like to keep the strong offerings for myself or, you know, you bring in the crippled. And so we go back to Hebrews and it says that our, our, our worship is a sacrifice to the Lord. It's an offering to the Lord. And so when we come in the house of God, you know, we're singing words like, God, I love you more than anything. You're the joy of my heart. But our face is like this. God, I love you. You're my joy. <laughs> so a person comes in that doesn't know anything about God. And they're like, I don't see the correlation between the words you're saying you're saying he can change your whole life. He can transform everything. He can save you. He can redeem you. He can heal you. But your face is saying, I barely want to be here. And so what we have is an opportunity to give ourselves into offering. See, religion says that the more pious and the more subdued you are, that's an offering. No, that's just torture. Jesus said, I came to give life and life abundantly. I'll go into more scripture about this. I'll go into more scripture about this because I want you to see want you to see. Now listen, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't moments of deep, like, oh God, you're so good. But King David, 
Jesus, God is very explicit. He says, David was my favorite king. He was a man after my own heart. Look at his worship expression when the presence of God was coming back into the city. You know what story I'm talking about? It says that when the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. Now, the Bible says that now he inhabits the praise of his people, but he used to inhabit the Ark of the Covenant. And when it was coming into the city, King David was so expressive in his worship, so passionate about this moment that he took off his king's clothes and was dancing in his underwear. Now, I'm not saying we're gonna go to that level here at church, okay? And if you feel the earth, don't, okay? Let, let your, get your, you can get your body into it, but keep your clothes on, okay? <laughs> but I'm saying that was the level that God said, that's my man. You know who he didn't say was his man? Uzzah. You know who Uzzah was? The guy that tried to bring the presence before David. Uzzah had organization. He put the ark on a wagon, safe, stable, secure, walking right next to it, quiet, humble. Oh, things got a little rocky. He said, oh, let me help you, God. I'll hold the, boom, touches the ark covenant because he had no covering from Jesus, the goodness and power of God. Boom, just obliterates him. See the difference? God's like, yeah, that guy's in his underwear dancing. I'm into that because there's passion. There's life there. He's excited for my presence. But Uzzah, oh, it got a little rocky. That's what religion does. Don't let it get rocky. Don't let it get, you know, just be quiet, subdued. All right, come on, I'm preaching. I'm hitting somebody here because I love you. You're like, okay, well, let me see that more Bible. All right, let's go to Matthew 18, two through four. Jesus called the little child to him and put a child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. Remember, this is about a kingdom. This is about a kingdom, alignment with a kingdom. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever met a little kid that when music starts blasting, doesn't start dancing. I have not, okay? Yeah, maybe if they're in a room, they don't know anybody, they might be a little scared. But if they're in a comfortable atmosphere and there is music, every kid. <laughs> right, am I right? I, I, and that starts at a young age. That starts at like one. I remember uh, little Vander, Pastor Ginny and Pastor Scott's little boy. I love that kid. But I remember he's like one. I don't even think he could walk yet. But we're at Pastor Annie's house and he turns on some music. And all of a sudden I look over and Vander in his mom's arms like, mm-hmm. <laughs> whole body waves, whole body, couldn't help himself. Could not help himself. You have to teach kids to not wanna be expressive and have joy when there's music playing, when they're praising. You have to train it out of them with a little bit of shame, kids making fun of them, being worried what people think. Am I right or am I wrong? But God said, I want you to come in like a child. You know why people are drawn to the bars and the clubs and the the EDM concerts and all the drugs and alcohol? Because the drugs and alcohol numb them enough that they can start acting like kids again. Let's be honest. Who's hung out with a drunk person? They act like toddlers. That's, the, that's, the, that's where they get to. So be like, I've never seen that. Shush. You've seen it or you are that person. Anyways, <laughs> we've been there. They go to drink enough so they can act like kids and feel unencumbered for a minute. That was how we were wired. 
We weren't meant to be stuffy and not full of life. That's why Jesus got a reputation for being a partier. Because party people liked him. They were like, I don't know why he doesn't do the thing, but I like being around the dude. And they started to change. Let me go to the Bible, okay? Because literally, look at this. I'm going to go after it. I need to go after this. Ephesians 5, 18, 19. <laughs> Here we go. Don't be drunk with wine. Notice he says, don't be drunk. He just says, don't get drunk on wine. He's got a solution. Because that will ruin your life. So there's a reason. There's a reason. That's why we teach people that, hey, Wine to edify a meal and have it be sick. Jesus made wine at a wedding, okay? You gotta deal with that theologically. But if wine has control of you, it begins to ruin your life. So if you can't control it, then we'll say, hey, kick it out of your life. Don't become a slave to it. Anyways, because you will ruin your life. Instead, so here's the replacement for all you ex-partiers. By the way, love you. I'm like one of you. I get it. <laughs> Okay, if I, I say, I do everything extreme. If I wasn't all Jesus, I would be all club all the time. I am about that. I get it. It's fun. I'm, I'm into the excess and just the joy and the partying and people not being stuffy and fake. I love it, okay? But here we go. Instead, here's your replacement to the parties. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Next verse. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, making the music to the Lord in your hearts. Your praise should make the EDM kid that just came out from a music concert walk in and go, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not even high. This is crazy. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this right now. It's the replacement, he says, for the drunken parties. It's to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have songs and dancing. Some of you go, well, then why are there so many great hymns? Because that was the music back then. There was a time where that hymn, people were like, ooh, man, that is edgy. <laughs> That's edgy. Let me go OG for like generational. When Shout to the Lord came out, people were like, whoa, whoa, hey, calm down. There's an electric guitar there. You know, but those of you who aren't stuffed up religion, like, shout to the Lord, all the earth. You know, you were getting it. You're feeling it. Oh, oh. You loved it. You loved it. You, you know, some of you ladies are doing the Holy Spirit hip. Like, woo! Shout to him. <laughs> you know. You know. You know. It's real. See, we're laughing right now. It's good. Let me ask you a blunt question. Is laughter evil or good? It's not a trick question. Is laughter evil or good? Every single study says that laughter makes you live longer. But you walk into many churches and you would think if you laughed in the sanctuary, you were a heathen. God made the laughter. That's why I want joy in our house. I want when that music is playing, when somebody's praying, I want people, and you're like, oh, that's why he's always like, come on, give God your... I'm not doing this just because I like hype. There it is. Come on. It's because the Bible says, shout to the Lord, all you people. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Not the quietness of the Lord. Not the contemplation of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
joy pushes back the darkness. And that frustrates the devil. Because if you can go into the darkest place and you can go and say, hey devil, we're evicting you and we're having a party while we do it. We're coming in and we're laughing and joy. Sure, you went after something, but I, you watch me, devil, you watch. You think you got me this week? Watch what I'll do at church. Watch my praise, get it, all right. Keys come up. I don't know, Pastor Matt, this just seems radical. If you can't lean into it, I promise you there's 100 churches in this valley that won't push on this. But Psalms 100 says this. And here's the why, church. Here's the why. Psalms 100. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Y'all part of the earth? Going back to the EDM person, a couple of you have been off this earth, I get it, but for most of you... (laughs) Worship the Lord with gladness, not stuffiness. And listen, if you're a baby Christian, you're like, I just came to church. I did. Oh my gosh, I had my arms crossed during worship. I'm not judging you. We're teaching everyone we're gonna come to a new level. Okay? My wife, back when we lived in San Diego, got us a group on for Bikram yoga classes. That's hot yoga. It's like 105 degrees in the room. I've never done yoga at all. So now you're gonna cook me while I do it in front of like 40 people. Some weird instructor coming and saying, bend this way. I'm like, I can't bend that way. I'm already gonna break. I felt, I felt uncomfortable, I felt weird. Have you ever noticed when you start something, it might at first initially feel weird, but then as you begin to do it, you realize, look, that, I'm not gonna go back to Bikram Yoga, but the the sweating out the toxins, the getting flexible, you know, I felt better. It was good for me. But imagine if I said, you just burned your money on that because I don't know how to do it. So there's no judgment here, but I'm actually teaching you, this is how we're supposed to worship and praise God. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Next verse. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Church, it might look dark out there right now, but here's what I want to tell you. His faithfulness is for every generation. And there's no amount of darkness that can snuff out the light. Go back to verse four. So how do we do this? Because actually what I want is that we become a church, that we don't let the flesh tell us what we're gonna do, but we come in and bring a good offering on a Sunday. We say, you know what? I didn't get any sleep last night. True story, didn't get any sleep last night. Zero, like one hour, okay? But I'm not gonna let my flesh tell me how I'm gonna be today. No way, no way. I'm gonna give a good offering to the Lord. I'm not coming in here crippled 
and lame and blind. No, 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 no. I get to be the offering and I'm gonna tell my flesh, you are gonna submit and I will give God proper praise. I will shout to the Lord. I will lift up joy. I will praise his name. So God gives us a way. I'm telling you, if we could just be a thankful church, already people will flood in here. You enter his gates with thankfulness. Has anyone ever had a little kid at the entryway of Disneyland? You would think they were on the ride already. Just seeing the ride, they're like, ah! So just when you're, when you're struggling, when you feel the darkness or the situation is overcoming, you can just, and you say, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't wanna lift my hands, I can barely lift my head. We'll begin to thank God. God, thank you. Thank you that I used to be on drugs, but I'm not on drugs anymore. And maybe my life's not perfect because I'm still dealing with some of the consequences, but I'm not on the drug. God, thank you that I thought I was gonna lose my marriage, but we're here today and we're together and we're still working, but thank you. God, thank you that I didn't know you and now I know you and I know that I'm forgiven in love. God, thank you that my car had no gas, but I didn't have time to go to the gas station. I made it to church on time. I didn't die. Thank you. Thank you. Notice already, I'm not, you're not even there. Just one person. You feel a shift. You feel a shift. But here's the thing. I don't want to be a church that stops at the gates. I want to be a church that goes into the courts. That's good. But God has a kingdom way. It's like if I go to Disneyland and I didn't buy a ticket, they're like, hey, I'm glad you want to be here, but there's a way to get in here and it's super expensive. <laughs> That's Disneyland. But here, God says, my courts, it's praise. It's praise. Worship team, come on up. Church, let me tell you something. Why do we want to get in his courts? Why, when you come to church, do you want to make this, if you're, if you're a believer, you want to make this experience corporate, where there's unity, God commands a blessing. I'm going to praise because I want to get in his courts. Why? Because when you're in the king's courts, it's the king's rule. And this is where it gets good. There are things that Jesus said, when you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. So when we get in the king's courts, there are things that aren't legal in his kingdom. So we'll get in the king's courts and people will come in here and go, I don't know why, but I felt so sick when I came in, but now I don't feel sick. Why? Sickness isn't allowed in his kingdom. So the judgment of the righteous judge, not on people because Jesus has forgiven our sins, but on the situations and the things that do not align with the kingdom. He says, that sickness is not allowed in the courts. Get it out of here. Take them out, take the sickness out. Let them be healed. Depression and anxiety aren't allowed in the courts. Break that off of them. That's not allowed in this place. Darkness, devil worship, all these things. They're not allowed in my courts. Get them out. We want to be a church where people will walk in here and they'll feel it. They'll go, where am I? You're in the presence of a king and in his courts, his, his law rules. His kingdom rules. That's why the Bible says the gospel's not a matter of words, but of power. That we are ambassadors of a different kingdom. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. You guys can take this off if you want. Okay, I want to help us. I want to help us. We take a course. 
I wanna teach you how we praise properly because I hate seeing people not go in the king's courts because in the king's courts, there is fullness of life. So maybe you've never done this and I'm not gonna force you, but I'd say, why not? I just want you to try something. You've, you may have never done this in your whole life. I'd be shocked. But together, we're gonna try clapping. Come on, we'll do it at a Utes game. We'll do it at a dance recital. We'll do it even for a good movie. Yeah, let's go, girl. We'll do it for a good movie. I remember like seeing movies and people like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, we're clapping. Come on, from the front to the back. We're in the presence of God. For five seconds, I just want everyone, I'm gonna count three, I just want you to clap. Just clap, come on, give it a go. Ready? One, two, three, go. Come on, real claps. Real, real, real claps. Let it go, let it go. All right, stop. I didn't tell you to yell. But do you notice that there's a natural instinct? We're clapping, woo! That's natural, that's natural. When there's a joyful noise, it's natural for more joy to increase. All right, we're gonna get a little crazy, get ready. We're gonna try something you've probably never done before in your life. You don't have to clap, you don't have to make a noise. But I want you to try to hold your hands in the air. On the count of three, we're gonna do it for three seconds. One, two, three, go. Three, go, you're good, you're good, wow, woo! Ha <laughs> ha, oh, owie! That wasn't too hard, right? But do you feel the atmosphere's already different? Wouldn't you much rather, if you've just been getting your butt kicked by the devil and you feel like there's no hope, wouldn't you much rather come into us on a Sunday and see people acting like this? Okay, we're gonna get real crazy now. Here's what I want you to try, okay? I'll give you two options. Okay, there's the Holy Spirit sway. Or there's the shadow boxing foot. I like this one, this is my go-to. Okay, so you can do a sway or the shadow boxing foot in the count of three for just three seconds. One, two, three, go, come on. Get your sway, get your sway, get your sway. Don't feel weird, everyone's doing it. You're weird if you're not doing it. Come on, all right, stop, 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 stop. Your body's engaged. You are three-fourths of the way there. Now the Bible says, make a joyful noise. It says, shout to the Lord, all you people. You know what the devil's terrified of? Because he remembers Jericho. He remembered when Joshua came into the promised land and a city that was fortified. And instead of fighting and trying to take down the walls, they just marched around the walls. <laughs> We're coming. We're coming. And on the seventh day, it says they raised up a hill the seventh day. I haven't read the story in a minute. But on the last day, it said, raise up a shout. And the walls came down. Listen, it doesn't have to be a junior high girl lose your voice. Men, let me help you because I had a hard time with the shout. You can get it from right down here. You can, it doesn't even have to be loud. You just give, ha! You know, get a little girl if you have to. I know, but here we go. Come on, I know this is varsity level. But on the count of three, just for three seconds, we're gonna give God a shout. The Bible says to do it, so it's a good idea. Ready? One, two, three. Hey! 
There you go. There you go. Here's what we're gonna do. And let me tell you a story. I tested the theory. Yesterday, I couldn't write this message, but I knew I had to. And I was struggling internally because in my head, I was concerned with the things of this world. We were facing a little bit of a financial hiccup and I didn't see, we have money coming, but I didn't see what was gonna happen. And I remember just saying, okay, I'm gonna go do what I'm trying to write about. I told my wife, I'm going in the car. And I went in the car and I cranked up this song and I began to pray in tongues like a madman. That's why I kept the windows up because I didn't wanna freak the neighbors out, okay? That's between me and God. But I began, to, I began to pray in tongues and I began to praise God for about 20 minutes. And I actually felt like we feel now, I felt alive, I felt awake. I knew something was different. I walk in the house, I walk in the house within two minutes given thousands of dollars, gifted thousands of dollars. I'm not gonna go into all details, but within two minutes, all my financial concerns obliterated. I'm not saying you do it for this reason, but I promise you when you step into his courts, the things of God, there is no lack in heaven. There is no drought in heaven. There is no relational turmoil in heaven. Things are good in heaven. When you enter the courts with praise and thanksgiving, you will begin to see that God's ways begin to show up in your world. So if you want to praise today, you can stay in your seat or come forward to the altar. But we're about to have a praise party. We're going to sing this song one more time. And I want you to do what the Bible says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Be expressive in your worship. And watch the kingdom of darkness come back. Let's go. Let's pray. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.